Matrix of Roadshow fans, we are back with another video. We're going to be talking about Amazon's The Rings of Power. Now, some of you guys may be wondering, why have we not been making Rings of Power videos? Well, me and Rhodes actually addressed this on the uh, member live stream. Click the join button to actually become a member, get access to member live streams. But um, we said on the uh, member live streams that um, we are pretty much normies when it comes to Tolkien's work. I have not read the the books. I did watch the movies. Now, I'm a casual fan of the movies. I know that those movies are great. Never saw The Hobbit, by the way. But one thing about those movies is that, at least the original three, is that fans really, really did love uh, Peter Jackson's work because he respected the lore of Tolkien. And what Amazon has done the fans that are actually have watched this, it's blasphemous. And folks, I believe that the backlash with uh, Rings of Power is actually probably even worse than what Lucasfilm has done to George Lucas's Star Wars. I mean, when it comes to um, Star Wars, there's been a uh, good um, TV shows with um, Star Wars uh, since uh, George Lucas um, sold the company. Like uh, right now, a lot of people are praising Andor. Um, I like the Mandalorian, but when it comes to Rings of Power, folks, this show is getting destroyed, destroyed. I mean, Amazon spent a billion dollars on this and it seems to be a total flop, folks. And people are turning off Amazon Prime when it comes to this show. Here we go, guys. I'm Breitbart. Amazon's woke Rings of Power. Loses nearly 20% of audience. You see, this is the problem, man, where you don't respect the lore. Now, this is on Galadriel right here. And in the show, she is a warrior. Even though in Tolkien's work, she was never a warrior. They made up a bunch of stuff here. And they created a whole bunch of new characters um, in the show for, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, the woke talking points right there. And people are turning this garbage off. Let's read this. Amazon's woke and boring reimagining of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, Rings universe is bleeding viewers when it should be snowballing. According to the far left Hollywood reporter, the Rings of Power had 988 million minutes of viewing time in the United States from September the 12th to the 18th per Nielsen. And uh, the show's uh, fourth episode debuted on um, September 16th. That's a decline of about 18 percent from the previous week's 1.2 billion minutes. This is not good, folks. That's a big decline, especially when Amazon is releasing new episodes every week. When a streamer dumps an entire episode at one time, it makes sense for the show to decline in in intensity as the weeks pass. Rings of Power is losing viewers when it should be gaining viewers. At the very least, if the show was any good, it's not. The same number of viewers should be tuning in. Instead, people appear to be giving up. What Amazon was really hoping for here is, but well, I should say, um, what Amazon was really hoping for here, which is why Amazon spent a billion, would it be, to produce this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andango was a cultural phenomenon, a game changer. The idea behind releasing a new episode each week is twofold. Hold on to Amazon Prime uh, subscribers. I believe that's a huge part of it. And two, snowball the series into a cultural juggernaut. In the same way, shows like Game of Thrones picked up cultural clout as they rolled along. Obviously, that's not, not what's happening here. Even when new episodes rings of power is losing viewers because viewers have stopped caring uh, what happens next. Yeah. And guys, this show is getting slammed so much. And, you know, of course, you know, the shield media is praising this show. But look at the Rotten Tomatoes score here. 85% on the Rings of Power with the credits. Now, one would actually think it would probably be a bit higher with the credits, but this thing is only at 85%. This audience score is a dumpster fire. 38%. The fans hate this. Even the trash Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I believe that it actually does have a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that show was trash. 64% for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which wasn't any good. This is way, way worse, folks. Way worse. The Tolkien fans, they're not going to put up with this. They have had it. What a disaster this show is, man. This may be the biggest waste of money ever. And you know what streaming is? The future actually streaming is already here now. And boy, they're getting bashed for this. Bashed. Um, What else does it say here? It says here um, the show is popular. It came in at number two, but was blown away by. First place, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is absolutely amazing. Even though Netflix's anti-woke Cobra Kai did dump all of its season uh, five episodes all at once more than a month ago. Every single episode of Cobra Kai since um, they started it has been dumped at one time. And the fans absolutely love it because it actually respects what actually came before. And it spans on that. And it does. Cobra Kai, the last season of Cobra Kai was absolutely amazing. Uh, no propaganda, no no messaging in it. It was just a good show. Uh, Cobra Kai earned 1.92 billion minutes viewed. Rings of Power came second with about half of that. 988 million. My goodness. An important um, caveat is that Cobra Kai has more episodes to watch and therefore more minutes to to view, of course. Uh, Rings of Power has only four episodes. However, let's compare Rings of Power to HBO's House of the Dragon, which is also in its first season and drops episodes weekly. And I really, really do enjoy House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon nearly tied Rings of Power with 960 million streaming uh, minutes viewed. But House of the Dragon is also available on all those HBO channels. So Dragon overall viewing viewing number is much higher than the Reigns viewership. 
I'm just stunned by this, guys. I am stunned by um the disaster that is um the Rings of Power. I mean, certain certain franchises, you know, you would think would be a layup. Star Wars should have been a layup, and it wasn't. It became a disaster, and I saw right through what uh, they were doing with um, the sequel trilogy. I hated The Force Awakens. I was right on top of that, and I was proven right in the end. Lord of the Rings is another one that should have been a layup. It should have been a layup, but no, they mess up this stuff because it's all about agenda. The sequel trilogy was more about agenda than storytelling. And you know what? It seems, you know, I'm looking at the outside in. It seems like they're pushing more agenda. They don't care about the story. And of course, you know, they're attacking the fans as racist for not liking the show. Where have we actually seen that before? Oh, that would have been Star Wars. Yeah. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Make sure to Roadshow fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into... Black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rutrance for our black and white sports. Well, we got breaking news in here, and it's sad. One of my favorite NBA players, one of John's favorite NBA players, is Dikembe Matumbo. You think about, of course, all those block shots, that defense, that finger wag really harkens back to a time when I really loved the NBA. Uh, of course, now the NBA has t- taken a terrible downward spiral for a lot of us. Uh, but, man, I, I saw this come across, and I was like, wow, this is, um, this is really sad. Dikembe Mutombo starting treatment after brain tumor diagnosis. Dikembe Mutombo is undergoing treatment for a brain tumor. The NBA announced Saturday on behalf of the Hall of Fame Center and his family. The NBA said in a statement, who Matumbo, who ranks in second in NBA history for career blocks, is beginning treatment in Atlanta and is, quote, in great spirits. Dikembe and his family asked for privacy during this time so they can focus on his care, the league said. They're grateful for your prayers and good wishes. Matumbo, 56 years old, played 18 seasons for the Denver Nuggets, the Hawks, 76ers, Nets, Knicks, and Rockets before retiring in 2008-2009. He was the league's top defensive player four times, earned three all-NBA selections, eight-time All-Star over 18 seasons. Matumbo ranked 17th in rebounds, 12,359, finished 3,289 career blocks, second to only the great Hakeem Olajuwon. Matumbo followed most blocks with a playful wag of his right index finger, no, 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 a gesture that became his enduring signature. We all remember those commercials that were so awesome. Following his playing career, Matumbo has worked extensively for charitable and humanitarian causes. He served as an ambassador for the sport, particularly in development of the Basketball Africa League, 
which competed its second season, completed its second season in May. Matumbo was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2015. He had recently appeared at Hall of Fame enshrinement events in Springfield, Massachusetts, as well as a pair of preseason games in Satama, Japan. Matumbo also appeared with U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken at an event in Congo, Matumbo's native country, in August. Blinken lauded Matumbo when they were together telling him, quote, you've done so much to bring the world together. Matumbo speaks nine language, highly intelligent man, speaks nine languages and founded the Dikembe Matumbo Foundation in 1997, concentrating on improving health, education, and quality of life for the people in Congo. God bless him. Wow. Wow. He also served on the boards of many organizations, including Special Olympics International, CDC Foundation, and National Board for the U.S. Fund for UNICEF. So, um, Matumbo has done a lot post-career, as we can tell. But uh, this is such sad news. I don't know where this is going. I don't know where this is headed. It doesn't say anything about a actual prognosis. It just says a diagnosis, and he's going to have surgery. Uh, so that's what we have. We will. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Continue to monitor this. Um, man, just one of my favorite players that ever played in the league. Seemed like a honest-to-God, extremely good man. And... All of our thoughts and prayers are with Dikembe today during these hard times. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. All right, guys. The story we're going to be talking about here in this video is very, very similar to my experience going to jury duty. Uh, when did I actually go? Into August, something like that. But anyway, when I went to jury duty, this left-wing Democrat judge did require us to wear masks the whole entire time. Going to the courtroom, you have to be masked up, even though she was not masked up. And what happened, folks? A few days later, I tested positive for the Wuhan virus. That little blue mask that they gave us did absolutely nothing. It did not stop me from contacting, contracting, I should actually say, the Wuhan virus. Well, guys, I'm a Navy vet too, by the way. This guy right here we're going to be talking about, also a Navy veteran. And he had to go to jury duty and a left-wing judge required him to wear a mask. However, he refused. And by the way, folks, the judge himself was not wearing a mask. Total hypocrisy, folks. But uh, check this out. A Navy veteran showed up for jury duty 
the judge sent him to jail for not wearing a mask. What country are we living in, folks? This is supposed to be the United States of America where you have freedom. This is 2022. And those little blue masks, they're still making you wear it in court. And by the way, folks, the city does not have a mask mandate. Here we go. A North Carolina Superior Court judge ordered a prospective juror to spend 24 hours in jail after he refused to wear a mask in the courtroom. Judge Charles uh, Gilchrist is the only judge in the court courthouse who enforces a mask mandate after North Carolina Democratic Governor Roy Cooper lifted a statewide mask mandate for most indoor settings over a year ago. That is very similar here in Houston. Because uh, the state of Texas, no mask mandates. There hasn't been one since, uh, I believe, March is when they dropped everything. And I went to jury duty and this judge still required to wear masks. Gilchrist um, found 47-year-old Gregory Hahn of Harnett County in contempt of court for his refusal to, w- to follow the judge's mass order, WRAL News reported. Uh, quote, the irony of all of this is the judge was talking to me without a mask. Folks, that's the same thing that my judge did. Talking the whole time, telling us we got to wear masks, even though the judge herself was not wearing a mask. But um, he goes on. It says a uh, honey Navy veteran reportedly served on the president's honor guard at Arlington National Cemetery. Quote, if safety was such a concern, I go to jail with no mask requirements with inmates. Clerk of Superior Court Renee Winnington uh, said in a statement that each of the prospective jurors were told of Gilchrist, Gilchrist's mask rule. When they checked in and the court provided them with masks if they did not have one. But Han said he would not. He was not made aware of the mandate. And it was not listed on Han's court summons. The courthouse does not have any signs that state masks are required. Uh, Quote, you can go to you can go in any district courtroom without a mask. You can come into superior uh, clerk court without a mask. And the uh, DA's office without a mask. But Judge Gilchrist, he has a mandate that you must wear a mask, she said. A joint order by Harnett and Lee counties from March stated that masks are optional in hallways, foyers, restrooms, meeting rooms and similar areas. But the order allowing presiding judges to decide whether they wanted a mask mandate in a courtroom. I don't believe that judges should have this kind of power. This is insane. This man served his country and he was forced to wear a blue mask that does not stop you from getting or transmitting the virus. A Navy veteran and single father said uh, Gilchrist um, asked him twice if he was refusing to wear a mask and Han said he was. Uh, the judge then reportedly ordered Han to spend 24 hours in jail. And he was handcuffed and taken away minutes later. Han said he asked Gilchrist if he could call his son who was at home, but the judge refused his request. These people are evil. Quote, I never thought this can happen in this country. Well, this is what happened when you elect socialists. 
quote, I'm jailed for doing my civic duty and not doing anything. He added, it's mind boggling. This is insane, man. You people out there in North Carolina, remember this judge's name. Do not vote for this judge again. This is wrong. This is un-American. This is unconstitutional. And these judges are supposed to be lawyers. But we know that Democrats, you know, the law does not apply to them. The law does not apply to these socialists. They don't care. It is about compliance and nothing more. And this is the way a Navy veteran is treated. They show up to court and then they're sent to jail. Why? Because they just don't want to wear a mask. This is just unbelievable, guys. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. This is so, so wrong. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you go over and check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 25% off USA First. 25% off USA First. Go now. All right, folks, we're going to dive a little more into this Dan Snyder situation involving this ESPN report that came out that he was keeping uh, records and even may have hired private investigators to get dirt on other NFL owners as a ploy to possibly eventually keep his NFL team, one of those people, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, somebody who Dan Snyder has always been friends with. Their families literally vacation together. Well, Jerry Jones has come out and made some official comments about the situation involving Dan Snyder. And very astutely, somebody caught something on pro football talk involving the, one of the sources, one of the writers on ESPN and Jerry Jones. And so it has now led to some speculation that maybe Jerry Jones was one of the sources for the ESPN story on Dan Snyder. So we'll get to both of those, and uh, let's take a look at this. This is Fox News. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones downplays reported issues with Dan Snyder. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones shrugged off the notion of a possible rift between him and Commander's owner Daniel Snyder. The update on the two owners' relationship comes on the heels of an ESPN report claiming Snyder told an associate he had, quote, dirt on Jones. Snyder also told another associate he had enough information to, quote, blow up Jones several other NFL owners and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell and asserted, quote, they can't F with me, ESPN reported. Now, this is what Jones said, quote, anything in that was news to me, of course. Jones said during his weekly radio appearance on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, I don't have those kind of problems. <laughs> oh, geez. Jones has been known to be one of Snyder's closest allies over the years. But according to ESPN, Jones recently said privately that he, quote, might not be able to continue to protect Snyder. The commanders and team owner Daniel Snyder have come under fire over several years amid 
allegations the organization fostered a toxic workplace environment. The NFL owners are scheduled to meet in New York City next week, but a discussion regarding Snyder's status as an owner is not officially on the agenda. At least 24 owners would need to vote against Snyder in order for him to be removed. Jones made it clear he still has a relationship with Snyder. Quote, I've got a long relationship with Dan. It's certainly a competitive one on the field and one that is part of the NFL. Snyder purchased the Washington franchise in 99. Meanwhile, Jones had already owned a team for several years. Jones reportedly took on a mentorship role with Snyder during his first few seasons as the Washington team boss. Jones is widely regarded as one of the league's most influential owners. Jones and Snyder has been vacationing together with their respective families over the years. In 2010, they filmed a commercial together. Jones mentioned that a close relationship between owners is not common. Quote, they are just not because of the competitive aspect and what it means to individual owners to compete and represent those various NFL teams. It's not a natural partnership at all, but that still doesn't mean you don't have a lot of respect for owners, and I do. Thursday report also revealed that Snyder is believed to have told another confident, quote, the NFL is the mafia and all other owners hate each other, to which another unnamed team owner told ESPN that the report was false and all the owners just hate Dan. Oh, wow. Snyder's legal representatives and commander spokesperson vehemently denied the assertions in the report. This is categorically false. Brownlee and Nash is said of one of the dossiers claims to ESPN. He has no dossiers compiled on any owners. Now let's get to this because this is a very interesting tidbit that was discovered. It is uh, right right down here. It's hard to believe that Jones was clueless about the substance of the ESPN report. Both Jones and team spokesperson officially denied comment to the ESPN for report. Sometimes that's cover for plenty of off-the-record information. As one high-level source with one of the NFL's teams pointed out to PFT, one of the three ESPN.com writers whose name appears on the story, Don Van Nata Jr., has a photo of himself with Jones at the top of his Twitter page. And let's just check that out. There it is, right there. Right there, that's the ESPN writer and Jerry Jones. Oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, the source firmly, listen to this, the source firmly believed Jones was a source for the story. At minimum, Van Nata reasonably would have communicated with Jones regarding the situation. Jones officially denies that he supplied anything to the ESPN. What's the point of being off the record source? However, the person is later going to admit it on the record. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right. I know a lot of people get uh, driven nuts by off the record sources, but let's face it. If there wasn't for off the record sources, you'd have no news. You'd have no stories. Nobody would ever break anything, okay? Um, they are the most valuable component in any story like this, plain and simple. This is interesting because Jones and Snyder have been very close, and now we're discovering 
there's a very, very good chance Jerry Jones was actually one of the sources in the ESPN report that kind of exploded the world the other day. It contained all kinds of things, including I did a story yesterday. It was about Ron Rivera's meltdown where supposedly he didn't want Carson Wentz, but Daniel Snyder did. And look, that's why the commanders are dumpster fires because Snyder can't keep, can't stay out of football operations, not to mention all the other drama going on. Okay, plus his FedEx field is, is running down. Uh, they got sewer leaks when fans are in there and all kinds of just craziness surrounding the team. I've got another story that's coming on the other sports channel involving Dan Snyder and John Gruden, and it's a big one. It's a very big one. Uh, so, I mean, I read that and was like, well, that kind of makes sense, actually involving Gruden. As you know, on this channel, we think John Gruden got screwed. I mean, you're letting him go over something that happened years and years ago, even supposedly something that happened. It was all before he was back in the NFL. He was still with ESPN. And I I just think, you know, John Gruden was a victim of cancel culture. But uh, it's pretty widely known. I mean, Jerry Jones has the most pull of any owner in the NFL, even more than Robert Kraft. You know, he was the driving force behind the Rams moving out of St. Louis to L.A. because Jones convinced Roger Goodell that they absolutely needed a team in L.A. um, because of the size of the market, even though they don't draw great on home crowds. Like, the home crowds are largely the opponent's home crowd. But to Jones, that didn't matter because the TV market is so large in L.A. And him and Stan Kroenke are very close, just like him and Dan Snyder. Him and Dan Snyder look like they're a lot closer than that. So we may have a betrayal situation here. Okay, we may have a situation where the Cowboys owner supplied some of the goods over to ESPN for this story on Daniel Snyder. Yeah, Cowboys Redskins still a rivalry regardless. This is crazy. Peace. I'm out till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports 2. Well, Larry Brown Sports caught this, and it is very interesting when it comes to Dan Snyder and John Gruden. John Gruden is currently suing the NFL and Roger Goodell for his wrongful, let's just say, targeting in a situation that was absolutely cancel culture related from emails that seemed to be strategically leaked by somebody, okay, with the uh, definite purpose of taking down John Gruden. It was conversations between him and Bruce Allen. John Gruden wasn't even working in the NFL at the time. He was working for ESPN in Monday Night Football. And... 
Of course, we saw that come to a head. It was a very big story. Last year came out. Mark Davis was essentially forced into a corner and had to have John Gruden resign. Okay. I mean, he said he resigned, but he was fired. All right. He was forced out. Uh, There was an initial leak. Mark Davis didn't fire John Gruden. But then there was another week, a week later, and it just forced Mark Davis's hand because he started getting pressure from all the NFL owners. By the way, Mark Davis famously was on video outside of owners' meetings steaming pissed after this all happened because him and John Gruden are tight, and people forget the Raiders had a winning record when John Gruden was let go. And while everybody wants to dog him out about his supposed drafting issues, he sure did nail some good players that are on that team right now, like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, didn't he? Uh, So I'm just saying it looked like the Raiders were on the right track. Well, they're one in four right now with Josh McDaniels. I'm just saying. This is from Larry Brown Sports. ESPN implies Dan Snyder was behind John Gruden leak. John Gruden resigned as head coach of the Raiders just over a year ago. And there had been a mystery ever since regarding the source of the leak for the former coach's emails. ESPN seems to think they know the source of the leak. ESPN published a lengthy story on Thursday surrounding the status of Daniel Snyder's ownership of the Washington Commanders. In the article, ESPN implied that Snyder was behind the Gruden email leaks. The article pointed out that Snyder hates the Washington Post, a newspaper that has relentlessly attacked him. Now get this. The Post is owned by Jeff Bezos. We all know that. Who some believe has interest in ousting Snyder in order to buy the Washington Commanders. The article says that any Snyder leaks would have likely gone to a Washington Post rival. ESPN noted that Gruden's email leak went to the Washington, the uh, Wall Street Journal and that the Bruce Allen email leaks that sealed Gruden's fate went to the New York Times. The article also noted when the organization was being investigated over its workplace environment, Snyder tried to pin everything on Bruce Allen, the team's former president. Snyder's attorneys gave the NFL over 400,000 emails sent by Allen and identified specific inappropriate emails. Isn't that interesting? Out of 400,000, you're telling me that was the only two by anybody? Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. Gruden was targeted. The idea is that in interest of self-preservation, Snyder does not care what collateral damage he collects. In this case, Snyder was trying to make Alan the fall guy and allegedly leaked the Gruden emails to deflect negative attention from Washington's case to Gruden. If this was Snyder's tactic, it worked. Snyder reportedly has compiled dirt on his fellow owners as well as Commissioner Roger Goodell. If Snyder was willing to use dirt to end Gruden's coaching career, imagine what he would do to any fellow owner that attempts to vote him out of the league. Very 
interesting indeed that and they're just coming out and saying it right here that that Snyder this is proof Snyder will go after somebody and he was trying to get Bruce Allen and John Gruden's coaching career was a sacrificial lamb in order to get to Bruce Allen who he was trying to show had issues with character you see let me take the onus and the focus off of me, Dan Snyder, totem complete owner of a dumpster fire, of which I've caused a lot of it. Let me put it and blame it on Bruce Allen. John Gruden's coaching career ends. Now, I do believe John Gruden will eventually coach again. I do, but not in the NFL. I think he'll go to college. Okay, and judging by how things are going for Brian Kelly right now, now we understand why LSU fans were banging the drum for John Gruden. He would have fit in so much better in, at LSU. But that's that's a side note. Dan Snyder's a scumbag. Wow. I mean, of, of monumental pro- proportions. I don't give a damn about John Gruden. Let's fry his ass because I'm trying to get Bruce Allen screwed. What a bastard. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you go over and check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 25% off USA First. 25% off USA First. Go now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about the debate between Herschel Walker and the fake pastor, Senator Raphael Warnock. Now, the midterms are next month. They had their debate last night. And if you've actually been following uh, Raphael Warnock's stance on abortion, this man is a radical. He is pro-abortion up until the point of birth. This definitely is unchristian-like. That's why I call this man a fraud. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I don't agree with his stance on abortion whatsoever. This is wrong. Now, when it comes to debating Herschel Walker on abortion, Raphael Warnock lost. Clearly, he lost this because no matter what he says, you cannot defend abortion if you are a pastor. Now, to people on the left, you know, like Warnock. They want to say all of this is about um, a medical decision between a woman and a doctor, even though we know that like 98 percent of uh, pe- women that actually get abortions, abortions is all because they just don't want the baby. And they're perfectly OK with going and slaughtering the baby in the wound. That is wrong. Well, Herschel Walker wrecked him on this topic last night. So let's go ahead and dive into this, guys. Over here on the Daily Wire, Herschel Walker reminds pastor, and I use that lightly, Raphael Warnock. There's a baby in that room as well on abortion question during debate. Now, this was actually before an audience here. And um, when you watch the clip here, you actually um, hear some applause for uh, Warnock and also some applause for uh, Herschel Walker here. This is a very, very important race right here. This race right here could actually flip the Senate 
from blue to red right here. But let's go ahead and um, watch this uh, clip here of um, the fake pastor, Raphael Warnock, addressing the abortion issue right here. Let's roll it. Doctor and the U.S. government, we're asking you to take a clear position right now. Do you believe there should be any limitations on abortion set by the government? And you have 60 seconds. I think that the women of this country and the women of this state woke up one summer morning and a core protection that they've known for 50 years was taken from them by an extremist Supreme Court. Extremist Supreme Court, even though nowhere in the Constitution is there anything about abortions. You know, Democrats had an opportunity under the Obama administration to codify Roe versus Wade in so long. And guess what? They didn't do it. They didn't do it. And I stand where I, I've said I stand in the past, that a patient's room is too narrow and small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. We are witnessing right now what happens when politicians, most of, most of them men, pile into patients' rooms. You get what you're seeing right now. And the women of Georgia, the women of Georgia deserves a senator who will stand with them. I trust women more than I trust politicians. May I, may I respond? Very quickly, Mr. Walker. Hey, you know, it is, and I heard about him, I heard he was, he was he's a neat talker, but did he not mention that there was a baby in that room as well? And also, did he not mention that he asked him, that he asked the taxpayer to pay for it? So he's bringing the government back into the room. Wow. Yeah. Raphael Warnock does not care about the baby in that room as well. Now, I'll go one step further. What about the the man involved in this? You know, it takes two to tango here. Women just don't magically get pregnant. There's usually a man involved in this. What about the father of the baby? Now, Raphael Warnock doesn't want uh, the father to have any say in that. You know, that's one thing that's been excluded from um, this old abortion debate by people on the left. They don't want men involved in this, even though every baby. Even if the baby is unborn, has a mother and a father. They do. Now, some women are going to go out there and, you know, and get uh, sperm donors, that kind of thing, test tubes. But that's very, very rare. The vast majority of babies that are actually conceived are through natural sets. But the left does not want the father involved in this. You know why? Because they are Marxists. They hate the nuclear family. They don't want men to have any say whatsoever. But also, guys, when it comes to abortions, Who's having the most abortions on a per capita basis? It is black women. This is why you actually see these Planned Parenthood clinics in a majority minority community. And it's it's pretty much just genocide, folks. It really, really is. Over here on Breitbart, Herschel Walker rips Democrat Warnock for black abortions. He told me black Lives matter because Raphael Warnock, he's a radical socialist that supports BLM. We know that BLM really, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, they don't care about black people. If they did, they would actually be supporting, you know, black babies being born. But however, there's so many black babies that are aborted 
and Raphael Warnock just doesn't give a damn. So let's go ahead and listen to this clip here of Herschel Walker uh, just wrecking Raphael Warnock. Let's play it. He told me black lives matter. And if you think about it, Senator, in Atlanta, Georgia, there's more black baby that is aborted than, uh, than anything. So if black lives matter, why are you not protecting those babies? And instead of aborting those babies, why are you not baptizing those babies? Yeah. He's not going to baptize the babies because he doesn't want them to be born. I said it many times, folks, these are uh, these radical uh, uh, black Democrats on the left. They're not pro black. They are pro Democrat. And the pro Democrat agenda is to abort as many black babies as possible. The people in Georgia, man, you, you guys got to make a choice. Do you want this country to continue to go down the road that is going? Are you perfectly happy with the state of this country right now? And guys, when it comes to uh, the polls here, the Democrats were banking on abortion, uh, getting them over the top. But when it comes down to it, folks, um, the American people in the polls, they really don't care about abortion. It's not a high priority for them. The American people in the polls have said, you know what? Inflation is the number one thing. You know, also gas prices. Guess what, folks? Inflation, 40 year high still. And it went up. I did a video um, a few days ago. Inflation went up even more. We're in dangerous, dangerous times, folks. And of course, the gas prices, they're continuing to go up, too. This is what truly is going to get Democrats demolished in the midterms. They're still pushing this abortion thing because they know when it comes to inflation and gas prices, they can't win on that. You know, uh, the American left, they actually hate the oil and gas industry. And you know what? We're paying the price right now. We are paying the price. But, you know, Joe Biden keeps on blaming Putin. Um, he's actually blaming uh Oil companies talking about bring down the price. No, that's not the way it works. He's even telling gas stations, you know, uh, to bring down the price. Even though gas stations, they make like next to no profit whatsoever on gas. I mean, these Democrats, man, they just running with the wrong things. They don't care about the major concerns about what Americans, um, how Americans actually feel. They don't care. I was actually in the grocery store um, yesterday and um I went down the aisle for baby formula. And guess what, folks? It was still empty. It was still empty. That's like next to nothing. These are the major things that Americans are concerned about. But the Democrats, they're concerned about abortion. That's not going to get it done. That is not going to get it done. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you go over and check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 25% off USA First. 25% off USA First. Go now. I, I don't know. I've 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 greatly devalued how important a liberal university education is now. Universities uh, in general, really. I mean, the only reason yeah. why you should be going to school, really, college, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer. I mean, but some people want to go. I'm going to study um, uh, women's gender studies.
Why would you oh, go to college for that? You might as well. You might as well just burn money. Literally, yeah. just take money out and burn it because you're you're not going to come out of that. Uh, there's um, a university out there that literally just created a diverse a diversity and inclusion degree. <laughs> I mean, that's not a real degree. That's not uh, right. That's not real. I mean, that you're just literally poofing, creating a degree out of out of nothing. Yeah. You know, um, you're manufacturing a degree that is completely worthless. And you know, I'm I'm trying to. My son's going to college right now, and I'm trying to. I really want to see him go into a trade instead. Because, you know, I told him, I said, look, son, you can be an electrician and make a hundred to two hundred dollars an hour now. Yeah. But we as don't an electrician schools. Right. Right. I was like, you will be wealthy by the time you're 45 years old if you handle your money right. You know, and I, I just, you know, or even I mean, I mean, plumbers in East Texas are charging a hundred to 150 bucks an hour. A lot of them, you know, go learn a trade because there's less, there's less people learning trades. So because of that, the jobs are becoming much more valuable now. Right. You know, because in, and if I'm just keeping it real, especially like, Look, we've got more hard asses and roughnecks in this area than than a lot of places still have. And we do in Texas, you do in Louisiana, you do in Alabama, um, Florida. But there's such a devaluing of masculinity that it's pushing a lot of men away from certain kinds of careers too, right? Oil field industry, yeah. uh, plumbers. Um, contract the left the left hates the oil field they hate oh yeah gas you know electricians i mean you could just pull up trades and just go down the list and it's amazing there's so many men out there that just couldn't even make it through a day um i did something that was really valuable for me when i was young at 19 years old i went and worked in kentucky with my dad for six months my dad was a, a career oil field man. Uh, he was a pipe fitter, and he worked himself up to general superintendent, and then he ended up being over plants down in Houston. Um, he ran several of those big plants down there for on and off for years. And um, I just went and was a helper. I was just a helper at 19 years old yeah. on an oil field job. And I'm going to tell you, that's some rough ass work. <laughs> it is some rough ass work. Yeah. You know, I dug ditches, you know, I fetched tools. I I had to turn big, big pieces of pipe so guys could weld them. Um, but it was a great experience for me. It really was. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's funny though, man, out here in Harris County, Harris County, Houston is, Oil and Gas Central. A lot of these major corporations have their headquarters here. Yeah. Yeah. And these people in the city of Houston vote Democrat. And <laughs> do they realize if they vote they're, Democrat, they're and cutting their own they, damn they, throat. Boy, if they do that and they vote for Democrats and the Democrats kill the oil and gas industry, do they realize that Houston will cease to exist? It'll dry up and die. 
I mean, it will be dead. They are dead. cutting their own throats down there. Yeah. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm not, I'm talking about, I'm talking about upstream, midstream, because that's midstream over here too. Basically when they transport the, the oil in the storage, mm-hmm. when it driving down a Bellway eight here to Pearland, there's a bunch of, um, oil storage units over there by Deer Park. But those people, man, they, they got to realize, man, you cannot destroy the oil and gas industry. You cannot go uh, green the way they want to go in California. They can't even, that grid can't even operate properly. And they're telling people, oh, don't charge. Don't charge your electric vehicle. But by the way, we're going to cut out your gas cars too. But your electric cars, get those. But um, by the way, you can't charge it. It's because the grid it's, sucks. It's that area's lifeblood. Do they not realize that? It's their lifeblood. Yeah. It's it's what I mean, think about all of the related jobs to that industry, going from the guy that's literally down on the ground as a helper through all the guys that work in the piping, the electrical, the contractors, to all the the, the safety people, and then it extends out to what you were doing, things in finances around oil. I mean, it's got so many tentacles to yeah. what would you say? A million people down there in, in I mean, Houston. That's everybody, it, man, because the oil and gas corporations here, they have a whole entire section of Houston called the Energy Corridor. But the headquarters here, but the operations are in Louisiana. Pennsylvania, I, I still can't believe that Pennsylvania actually uh voted for Joe Biden when he promised to end fossil fuels fossil fuels in Pennsylvania. And across the country, Pennsylvania, Susquehanna, massive oil and gas up there. Yeah. yeah. Massive. Uh, Michigan, North Dakota, New Mexico. And and just to give you an idea, when I'm talking tentacles, dude, do you know how many people? I'm, I'm three hours and 50 minutes north of you here in Texas. Do you know how many people? In all of these little towns and in Longview and in Tyler and over in the Shreveport, Lake Charles, do you know how many of those people work in the oil and gas industry? A lot. Lake Charles has a lot. Kilgore, Texas is the oil capital of the yes, United States, for crying out loud. That's where I'm, the Roses are from. I've been in that museum when I worked at, um, at an oil and gas company out here. We need to cut this clip out and put it on the network channel. And put Houston, quit voting Democrat. You're cutting your throat. I mean, yeah. we need to put this out. Yeah. Um, it's something that is not talked about. You're sitting in a voting booth. You're voting Democrat, and you are literally voting to end your income. That's yeah. what you're doing. You're voting to end how you put food on the table for your family. Because what happens if the oil and gas industry dries up? But here's you, the problem. You may over, not be directly in oil and gas, but here is the effect that could happen. When I worked at um this one oil and gas company in um in a uh, spring, they also had offices in um I believe because the company started in Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. When the oil industry went under in um what was it 2016, we all got laid off and everything. But over there, it got bad. 
because the local businesses depended on the oil and gas people to come in and eat. That the local right. restaurants lost their businesses because yeah. of that. And if you vote Democrat and they get rid of oil and gas here in Houston, you can kiss Houston goodbye because that downtown there's a ton. You're talking about thousands of people won't be coming into your restaurants in the tunnels of Houston because they, they don't have jobs anymore. They can't afford to, uh, uh, to buy food and support your business so you can support your family. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. It's a trickle effect. Well, we're thinking, yeah, it's just like I I said, I was a helper on, on, in, in an old oil field job when I was 19. Well, at lunchtime, we've got to drive into town to the local diner to get lunch. Well, guess what? If that job doesn't exist, I'm not driving into town at the local diner every day to eat. It's gone. It's abolished. And think about all the guys that have to go in there. You want to talk about Hispanics? How many Hispanics work in the oil and gas industry here in Texas? It is a huge part of the lifeblood of the Hispanic community in Texas and in Louisiana. Make no mistake. A lot of these helpers, a lot of my dad's a lot. When my dad was a general foreman and superintendent, his, a lot of his pipe fitters were Hispanic that worked for him. They had built great careers. These guys were making 17 bucks an hour in 1993. That was a lot of money back then. You yeah. know, that was a lot of money back then. Plus, they were getting 10, 20, 30, 30 hours of overtime every week. These these people were able to build great livings out of that. Hispanics, when you go watch this video, when you step into that voting booth, you better vote red or you're not going to have any money. Yeah. I don't I mean, know how else to say it. I, I got to say, man, if um, kept the house doesn't flip to red we're lost because i'm worried how much more worse can it get it's getting worse yeah i don't believe this is going to happen i believe the house is going to actually kind of flip red but if it didn't i would be very very concerned about that so people right now are suffering big time with inflation and yet you still went out there and voted for democrats and you know there's people out there that's going to do it you know because Democrats are playing the abortion game. Guess what? Americans don't care about that. And the polling shows that the number one thing for people right now is inflation. Abortion is not even in the top two, probably not in the top three, of, I, I believe. So, well, look, if that if that is on your radar, I mean, where did your priorities lie right now? Your priorities lie don't lie on putting food on the table first above everything paying your electric bill that isn't first on your list among everything paying your car note people aren't breaking it down to their level in their house okay we were just talking about the hispanic guy working oil field and then going down and eating at the diner how about his wife that that is working as a saleswoman down at jc penny's in the mall well how many oil field wives are coming in there To buy clothes. Well, guess what? If they ain't got money to buy clothes, your wife working in JCPenney's no longer has a job. It goes everywhere. Yep. It goes everywhere. Yeah. I mean. 
And by the way, Wake I mean, to, to the people that want to go green, guess what? You need fossil fuels to it's powered by fossil fuels, fuels. It's, it's powered by that. It's a lie. It's a scam, dude. Really? I mean, think yeah. about it. We're going to end fossil it, fuels. Well, guess what? Your electric cars, your batteries, all that, that's powered off of oil and gas. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, this is going to be a follow up video to a video that I actually did. I can't remember exactly when it was. Maybe it was a few weeks ago. It was about um, a girls volleyball team, high school volleyball team in Vermont, Bernie country. They were actually banned from their locker room because um, they did not want to change in front of a biological male that actually identifies as a girl. They refused to do it. And so therefore, you know, since this is Bernie country and Vermont is run by the left, even though they actually have a Republican uh, governor, but I looked up his stances. Yeah, this man is on the left. Okay. And it's pretty sad guys that um, these girls can't be comfortable in their own locker room at school. And folks, when it comes to um, the media, the local media actually covered this and they um, actually interviewed um, one of the uh, volleyball players named uh, Blake. And uh, she detailed um, disturbing stuff about the transgender person. However, the local news outlet, folks, check this out. They deleted the story about the transgender student in Randolph, Randolph, Vermont. They deleted it because, um, you know, the woke mob came after them and the school board is run by a bunch of leftists over there and they're defending the trans student. Well, the Daily Sentinel here on their YouTube channel actually um, has an interview with um, more girls from the volleyball team and they detail some very, very disturbing stuff here, folks, and we're going to uh, react to it right now. A male was in our locker room when volleyball girls were trying to get changed. After I asked him to leave, he didn't, and later looked over at girls with their shirts off, and it made many people uncomfortable and feel violated. I wow. So the biological male changing in the locker room, sitting there looking at these young girls while they're undressed. And the school board actually allows this stuff. I left as soon as I could in a panic. I was the first one inside the locker room at the time, and the trans student came in and walked into a separate part of the locker room and went and changed while the other girls were in the main part of the locker room changing as well. As soon as the trans-identifying student was done changing, they came out and stood at the entrance of the locker room for a little bit. A lot of the girls were changing in their sports bras and stuff. A lot of us stated, like, can you please get out? We're changing, we don't feel comfortable with you in here. After a little while, the student did leave, but it took a little bit for the student. So the student did not leave initially. And folks, the first girl um, that um, we saw here in the interview, folks, she has charges pending on her for this. I'm going to show you that part too. 
to leave and a lot of us were not comfortable with that situation and we just, it's happened before and so we want it just to be changed really. In a locker room it's made specifically for girls and so having a male with a penis in there it just felt wrong. When you tried to talk to your school, school officials, about what happened, what did they say? When I tried to talk to them, they just shut me down and said it was a law, there was nothing they could do, and that I should go somewhere else if I feel uncomfortable. Okay. Um, you see here it says, school officials tell the Daily Signal they are investigating the matter and care about everyone's safety. No, they do not. This is a lie. But however, folks, this is the failure of parents. Parents have actually allowed this to happen in Vermont. This is why these girls do not feel comfortable here, because the left has been able to run amok in Vermont. They don't care about everyone's safety. They care about protecting uh, this trans person, not the girls, because if you truly did, why is the first girl in this clip here? That's Blake, by the way. Why is she actually in trouble right now? Now, this is scary right here. The trans identifying students guardian insists that her child is a girl, even though this is a biological male, has a right to girls spaces and did not behave inappropriately, even though the other girls are saying something else. The biological girls are not protected. But the school board seems to have been uh, on the side of this trans person. You know why? Because they don't want to be called a uh, transphobic. Citing another girl on the volleyball team, school officials claim that none of the girls were undressed when the trans-identifying student went into the locker room. The superintendent quoted another student saying that nobody was changing when the trans-identifying student That's not true. That's not true. No. The, a lot of the girls were changing, actually. And so the school board has said that none of the girls were undressed. The school board does not believe these girls. I find that very, very hard to believe that these girls were fully clothed. I believe that they were undressed. When you say they were changing, does it mean like they had their shirts off? They were putting their short. They were in their underwear. They, uh, everyone was at like different points of changing. Some girls were already dressed. Some girls weren't dressed at all. Some girls were like in the middle of changing. Like, so why would someone say that they weren't? Um, I feel like everyone's just trying to twist the story on us and make us look like the bad people in this situation. We're dealing with an issue right now where there is a biological guy that's been using the girls' locker room and all these people are pushing back against it a lot. Has this happened before at the high school? It's happened in the bathrooms a lot, definitely more in the bathrooms. In the bathrooms as opposed to the locker rooms. Yeah. So has, have you ever been in one of the bathrooms or locker rooms and a biological male who identifies as a transgender student came in? Um, yes, but they didn't identify as trans. They said that they were gay so that they weren't attracted to me, so they were allowed in. Wow. So a biological male says, I'm not trans, but I'm gay, so I got, got a right to be in here. And this has been going on at this school, folks. Pull your kids out of government education. Oh, wow. So gay, gay male students have been using the girls' bathrooms? In the past years, yes. Wow. How did they get away with that? Um, 
the school didn't care much to listen to our concerns. And then when we did say something, the person, he would file complaints of harassment because I looked at him wrong and file complaints against a lot of people. Parents told us that they are outraged that the school district and the school itself would allow such an incident to occur. Yeah, but parents, you guys are the people that's voting for the people on the school board. This is a problem. Now, they have interviews here with the parents. I'm not going to go to go to that part. But uh, right here. Right here. It says here an owner or operator of a place of public accommodation or an agent or employee of such owner or operator shall not because race, creed, color, national origin, marital status, sex, sexual orientation or gender identity of any person refuse, withhold or deny to that person any of the accommodations, advantages, facilities and privileges of the place of public accommodation. Vermont state law. That is disturbing. But let's go back over here to uh, to Blake. Listen to what she said here, guys. Punishment. Um, I have harassment, harassment and bullying charges. These charges could go on her permanent record. And if they do, they might impact her future college acceptances, whether she can participate in an exchange program and more. But Blake tells us that she does not regret speaking out. I'm wow. So Blake here is being punished. This is just disturbing right here, folks. This is absolutely disturbing right here. Harassment. But nothing happens to the trans student. That was actually harassing these girls, making these girls feel uncomfortable. Nothing has happened to this person. Man, this is extremely disturbing, folks. This is extremely disturbing. I thought the left said, um, you know what? Uh, believe all women. Obviously not. Because they don't believe these women. My goodness, man, this is just very, very disturbing and very, very scary. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let's know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our black and white sports. Well, I did an update last night over on the other channel about uh, Deshaun Watson and any possible further discipline because the NFL is now, of course, watching Deshaun Watson after yet another lawsuit was filed. The NFL and Roger Goodell look like complete clowns in this situation, uh, but that's what they get for backing off of the indefinite suspension. The whole point of the indefinite suspension was well, if any more lawsuits pop up, the NFL would protect itself and could further discipline Deshaun Watson. Well, instead, they sold the farm to Deshaun Watson. And now, if they decide to further discipline him, which the NFL claims they can do, well, Deshaun Watson's legal team is saying they can't do that. 
So if that if that ends up happening, which honestly, given Roger Goodell's track record at this point, I kind of doubt. I kind of doubt he's got the damn nuts to do it, if you want to know the absolute truth. I mean, he looked ridiculous uh, handling this the way he did anyway when he decided to enter into a settlement agreement. I mean, you, you canceled the six games and said one year, okay, you looked better, even though this guy ought to get an indefinite ban. But then you backed off of that. Well, let's get to this. Florio, a legal battle looms if the NFL tries to discipline Deshaun Watson for similar conduct. On Friday, the NFL did not close the door on possibility of furthering discipline for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson following the filing of a new lawsuit on Thursday. We will talk about one caveat to this, though. If, however, the NFL tries to impose further punishment on Watson for anything occurring before the date on which the league and Watson agreed to resolve the matter with an 11-game suspension and $5 million fine, a legal battle becomes likely, if not definite. Okay, we'll come back to this. Let me point this out right quick. As part of the agreement for the 11 games, the NFL has to feel like Deshaun Watson has shown remorse and, and contrition in all this. Be contrite, okay? And he has to follow to the letter of their law any kind of therapy sessions and all this kind of thing, okay? If the NFL does not, if the NFL feels that Deshaun Watson has not presented enough remorse, and keep in mind, they handed down the, the discipline to him, and he come out and was like, I still didn't do anything wrong. And it was like, what? Okay. So that's not exactly remorse, right? The NFL supposedly can further pursue this, or they can choose not to reinstate him after 11 games. That's at the discretion of God knows who. I would assume Roger Goodell, if he still wants to act like he's a commissioner. It's unbelievable. As a source familiar with the thinking of Watson's legal team, explained to PFT, that's usually code, code word for we actually talk to Watson's legal team, Watson cannot be disciplined for any conduct that occurred before the settlement agreement was reached between Watson and the NFL. New discipline would be possible only if the conduct in question happened after the settlement or if it involves behavior different from the misconduct for which he has been disciplined. The new lawsuit makes the same allegations Watson already faced and the incident allegedly happened December 2020. The league has specifically said that it would try to discipline Watson for similar conduct that occurred before the execution of the August 2022 agreement. However, nothing would prevent further discipline of Watson for different conduct or anything happening after he and the league agreed to resolve prior proceedings with the suspension and the fine. And like I said in the video last night, from an article back in, I believe it was like June or July, after the fully guaranteed contract was made, uh, supposedly a source familiar with how that contract's laid out, that contract, the agreement to it, fully guaranteed, by the way, by the Browns, was supposedly agreed upon only based on 22 lawsuits. Well, we're now officially at 25. Okay? 
So if the Browns wanted a legal battle and if the Browns were willing to take on the NFL Players Association, the Browns might be able to get out of that contract. Will they? No, because Jimmy Haslam's a complete tool and a clown, or he wouldn't have traded for this bum to begin with. But you get my point. They could try to get out. Personally speaking, I think Jacoby Brissett's played well enough. I do. Is he as good as Watson? Who knows how good Watson is right now? He has set out how many games? How many games? By the time he gets back, we're going to be looking at, let's see, he set out 17 plus 11, 28 NFL games. How do we know this guy can even play? Look terrible in preseason. I'm just pointing that out. I mean, the Browns, regardless of what's happened off the field, from just an NFL playing standpoint, may have set themselves up for total disaster here. Okay, because, again, who knows whether or not he can still play football. I mean, being an NFL quarterback is not easy. It's not. Tell me what you think, black and white sports supporters. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.